We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. It's Saturday and it's Pack-A-Day Podcast, your 24-7, 365-day-a-year Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm Jake Turner for PackersTalk.com. Joining me, of course, 32 years in the business and still running from BobMcGinnFootball.com, Mark Eckel. And Mark, how's it going? It's great, Jake. How are you? I, I, I enjoyed the draft. I hope you did as well. I thought the draft was unexpected, exciting, and I'm looking forward to see what these new Packers can do to help out this team. So, Well said. It's going to be interesting. All right, so during this uh, Pack-A-Day podcast, and you can follow it at, at Pack-A-Day podcast on Twitter, you can find Mark Eckel at MarkEckel08 or myself at Jake Turner Sport. We're going to dive into all the draft picks. We got eight picks to go through. We're going to jump into the depth charts to see where they're going to fit. Are they going to start? Are they utility players? Or are they just ready in case of an injury? So we'll dive into that. Let's start off with, of course, our number one pick. And that was in round one of pick 12. That was Rashawn Gary out of the University of Michigan. And Mark, according to OurLads.com, they got Gary lined up behind Zadarius Smith. Yeah, I mean, depth charts this time of the year really don't mean a lot in terms okay. of, you know, because that, that's what that's what training camp's for. I think um, 
I, I think the Packers, and this is Mike Pettin. This is what's going to Mike Pettin's going to love. He's got a bunch of guys that he can move around, and and this is stuff that you and I have talked about leading up to the draft, even what the kind of players they were looking for to to give Mike Mike Pettin the kind of guys that he likes. And Gary is one of those kind of guys. He'll he'll line up. I think I. I mean, again, I'm, we're we're all speculating right now. I think Zadaria Smith, uh, Preston Smith, Gary. Kyle Fackrell, the four of them, are, they're all going to see a lot of time. They're all going to be on, especially on, on passing downs, which in this NFL, passing downs are 60% of the downs now, right? I mean, teams throw the ball more than ever. So the four, I mean, that's four, you hope, good pass rushers, uh, along with Mike Daniels and, and Kenny Clark and who else knows. I mean, they're going to, the, the, let's, let's, let's say this, the Packers are going to get after the quarterback a lot more than they have in a long time. Um, and Gary will be out there. I think you'll see him at t- most of the time standing up as a linebacker, rotating in with those other three guys that I mentioned. I think at times you'll see him put his hand on the ground. Um, it, it's whatever Patton wants to do. I think at times you'll see Gary, Fackrell, and the two Smiths on the field all at once. And who knows where they're coming from. And that's just going to be the beauty of, of this Packer defense. I, I tried to stress this to Packer fans last year when they were comparing and, and complaining about Defense. This is not. It's still a three-four alignment, but it's nothing like the Pittsburgh Dom Capers three-four defense, where your three linemen did, did this and the outside linebackers did that. The inside linebackers did what theirs. No, this is a different. This is more the the uh, Rex Ryan three-four uh, defense, which is which is totally different. Blitzes can come from anywhere and everywhere. A lot of inside rushes. So. Gary will fit in just well. I, I, I spent a lot of words to say that. Gary will fit in just, just well with the Packer defense. I would have to agree with you because, I mean, on draft night, you know, you, you get into that Packers Twitter, but then you start doing your homework. You're watching tape. You're looking at, you know, the likes of Ben Fennell and also Andy Herman, our founder, bringing up some very good points about Gary. And when you see all of the talent that is put into this deep, into this front seven, they are vers- they are all versatile football players. They can get yes. after the quarterback and they are blitz ready. You have a guy who is 277 pounds and runs a four five in his 40. That's insanity. And he's only Brilliant. 21 years old. So I think everybody, no. you know, should just take a break. Let's see where Rashawn Gary goes from here. And I think he's gonna fit. I think he'll just fit in just fine, honestly. But I want everybody to understand this though. He's not going to be a starter on day one, but he is going to be mixed in you know, during that Bears game. And play a lot. And who cares who starts? That's right. And in this day and age, it's not a matter. Of, so he doesn't. He's not there on first down. Oh, big deal. If he's, but he's still going to get thirty to forty to fifty percent of, of the snaps, and that's all that matters. And let me just add add this about the Packer defense. And you mentioned like the blitzing and all this. The the days of. And this, this, it worked fine back in 2010 and, you know, when they won a Super Bowl. But Clay right. Matthews would get 15 or 16 sacks. And, and then a bunch of guys would have six. Well, it's not going to be that way anymore. It's not going to be one. I'm hoping that, listen, if one guy breaks out and has that kind of year, God bless him, and, and that's great. But I think what you're going to see is six guys with between eight and ten sacks. Mm-hmm. And what's and, – and, does that bother you? Of course not. I mean, who, what do we care? As long as the Packers as a team get four sacks a game or you know, whatever, 
I don't care if one guy gets all four or four guys get one each. Matter of fact, I'd rather have the four guys getting one each because then it's so much harder for the offenses to figure out who's going to get them. If you know one guy's bringing all the pressure, then you, there's ways to combat. You know, you, you double and triple right. him and, let, and not worry about anybody else. Yeah. Well, this Packer defense, you don't know who to double. You don't know where it's going to come from. So it, I think offenses are going to have a tougher time against Mike Pettin and, and this group of guys that, that he has now. Well, talking about the group of guys, we have to definitely talk about Darnell Savage because I thought that was a bullseye for the Packers. That, like Gary, he's 21 years old, 4-3 in the 40-yard dash. But this guy is versatile, and I'm already looking forward to the training camp battle between uh, Josh Jones and Darnell Savage. And I would not be a bit surprised if Savage gets that starting job because he's 5'11", Mark, but he mixes it up so well. He's versatile. He can hit hard. I mean, he hits like an old school corner uh, safety should back in the day. We're talking about the days of like Jack Tatum here. I mean, I could not believe the way Darnell Savage was playing at Maryland. Well, he was named properly then, right? Savage? Yeah, there you go. The little Savage. The little cheesehead Savage. You said don't be surprised if he wins the job. I'll be absolutely stunned if he doesn't. I mean, he's going to pencil him pencil and put it in ink. He will be starting opposite Adrian Amos at safety. Next. Love that, it. The Packers will have two new starting safeties. Jones is a backup special teams player from, from here on out. Oh, agreed. Um, now, this guy, the Packers traded up to get him for a reason. They they loved him. They did, they knew he, he wouldn't be there if they waited till 30. And and in their minds, and I know a lot of fans were like, oh, no, we could have stayed and we could have got Thornhill or we could have gotten blah, blah, or we could have got somebody else. Well, guess what? And those guys might turn out to be good. I don't. I'm not going to judge any of those guys. But in the Packers' minds, in the Packers' scouting department, from the general manager down to the regional scouts, they didn't think so. They thought Savage was a clear cut above Adderley and and Thornhill and anybody else that you want to mention. Draft. And guess what? So did the rest of the rest of the NFL because Savage went 21 overall. And those guys didn't go until the 50s or even into the 60s, right? So it was obvious that the edit, despite what, quote-unquote, the expert mock drafts had and all the people that really don't know, they just guess, the real people, the general managers in this league, thought Darnell Savage was the best safety in the draft, and the Packers got him, and they filled a major, major, major need on this team. I think that, was a, that pick's going to go down. Let's be honest. The Packers really... Since Nick Collins, who was on his way to a wonderful career, prop, you know, right. potential, God knows what is what the ceiling would have been, but he got hurt and never played again. They really haven't filled that free safety spot with anyone. They tried it with Ha Ha Clinton. Dix had a good, had a couple decent years, and then just kind of, I don't know what happened to him, but he kind of just became a mediocre player. Uh, now he's bouncing around team to team, uh, but they really, they really haven't had it. Again, I don't want to put too much pressure on on Savage, but I think I think he could be the guy. I think he's he might answer that 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 glaring uh, need on the Packer defense, um, and that, and along with Amos. I mean, now the Packers safety was like the weakest part of the team last year, right? We used to joke about Kendall Bryce and all those guys there. You know, tr- give Tremont Williams all the, all the credit in the world for for going back there and and salvaging it. Um, you know, the, the last half of the year, but he's not really a safety. He's a veteran corner that that bail the team out. Now they have two legitimate, you know, top of the line safeties in, in Amos and Savage. So that'll make the whole defense better as well. 
No, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you brought up safety as being one of the biggest problems last year. But I thought that the right guard position was a mess for the Packers. And that's why and that's why I was excited when they signed Billy Turner to that four-year, $28 million deal. But then they went and got some depth, some much-needed depth on the offensive line. And that was Elton Jenkins on a Mississippi State. You watch this guy, Mark. He is just, he's a wall. Pretty much. If, if you painted cement across him, you would mistake him for a wall at this point. Because when you see him come out of that snap, it was crazy. He just stayed in his stance, and he just pushed them off. I mean, he was pushing all that off like they were nothing. It was, like a ten, it was pretty much like a 10-year-old trying to go against a 15-year-old at this point on, in the yard at, on recess. It was nuts. <laughs> That's a good I like that one. Thank no, you. That's that was, and there were two guys... And I would have been happy with either one of them. And again, I'll trust the, the Packers know what they like better and what their schemes are more. The kid Eric McCoy from Texas A&M, you could put those two guys, you know, Jenkins and McCoy, put them in a put them in a hat, pull their name out, and you're going to get a good player. The Packers felt Jenkins. They were they were both centers primarily in, in college, and I guess the Packers just felt that Jenkins um, will, would adapt more to guard right. than McCoy would have. And I think they they might be right about that. But again, having Jenkins now gives them, God forbid, but if, if Corey Lindsay ever goes down, misses has to miss, you know, even a couple snaps during the game for or whatever Lane reason, Taylor. you know, maybe tweaks an ankle. Now they have a, a legitimate guy to put in at center for a couple, you know, to, to at least get him through the game if Lindsay's out. But I I think Lindsay's going to win. I mean, I know they have Turner, I know they have Lane Taylor, uh, Cole Madison's back. Um, the Packers now have some depth. I mean, like you said, guard guard was a, a major hole last year on the offensive line. Now, Lane Taylor was probably the best guard last year, right? I mean, out of, out of just out of – yeah, somebody had it. But he was also banged up. Yeah, but, I mean, now he might be their third and fourth best guard. Couldn't agree that more. Right, right, right there. Because if, if Cole Madison does become what the Packers want him to be and then Jenkins, you already got that depth ready. I mean, there, I understand, you know, offensive linemen depth. I mean, a lot of people keep forgetting about this, but it is probably one of the most important positions in football. You must have a strong offensive line. Otherwise, it doesn't matter if it's Aaron Rodgers out there or it could be you know, the return of John Elway out there. You need an offensive line because, I mean, you can't have him keep scrambling because then what happens when he scrambles? The chances of getting hurt go up. But if you keep him in the pocket and then able to scramble a couple of times here and there instead of running for his life like Russell Wilson, then you might actually have something going forward with this team. So I thought Alkin Jenkins was a bullseye for the Packers. But I think this was the best. But the next one? This was my favorite pick of the draft. Jace, no, go ahead. On Jenkins, you you bring right, up protecting Aaron Rodgers, which obviously that's number one on the Packers' mind. You can't Aaron Rodgers cannot yes. get hit as often as he did last year. Mm-hmm. But let's let's not forget the other Aaron Aaron Jones. They're going to, the Packers are going to run the ball more than they have under 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 Coach Lafleur. They're going to run more than they did under Mike McCarthy. No, so, you're absolutely right. This is going to be more of so a, Jenkins, a balance of Jenkins run and pass and now. Madsen and, and, and whoever's playing guard, the Packers need some good run blockers too, and Jenkins is going to give them that. Jenkins is, is a mauler in the, in, in the run game, and don't, you know that's going to help Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams a lot too. 
Couldn't agree more. But we talk about uh, we talk about weaponry across the middle, and this guy is a tight. This guy's a wide receiver disguised as a tight end. Jay Sternberger out of Texas A&M. I watched this kid in the LSU game last year, and I sat there and went, man, I wonder if somebody would grab him sometime in the first couple of rounds. They grabbed him for round three, 75th pick, 6'4", 475. This story, Mark, to me, is amazing to me. The guy started off at the University of Kansas, then went to Northeastern A&M, a junior college, then played one year with Texas A&M and underneath the tutelage of Jimbo Fisher. Met Kellen Mond even better as a quarterback. And he's going to be scary. I can't wait to see this guy in action. I like this pick a lot, uh, a lot too, Jake. I, um, it's funny. He's the guy I, I actually cheer. When, when, and I never did. I just, you know, I watch your draft. I was working for Bob. I was also working for my old my old balls at NJ.com during the draft. So I was kind of busy those, those two nights. But when when they announced Packers like Jay Sternberg, I, I actually went, yes. I, I, I wanted him. I'm actually friends with his agent. So he and I had talked a few times prior to the, to the draft. And I had mentioned, I, uh, you know, are the Packers interested in him? I think he, he'd be a good fit. And his agent told me, there, he said we have, but there's about four or five teams that are very interested. And yes, they're they're one of them. And I, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing him, you know, play with Aaron Rodgers as as his quarterback. And he got his wish oh. come, come true in the, in the early third round. There, um, I think, and I've said this, and people tell me I'm crazy, but I don't know. Hawkinson was the best tight end in the draft. No, no, no doubts, no arguments. Oh yeah, he's going to be in Detroit, which is mm-hmm. which is very very high for a tight end. And, even if the Packers wanted him, they couldn't get him because he was he was off the board already. But um, he'll he'll be the best. I mean, he's the best. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell all the Packer fans listening to us right now. The Packers got the second best tight end in the draft. Yeah, like he's better that. than Noah Font. He's better than Irv Smith. He's better than any I don't know whoever else was being talked about. This guy will when it's all said and done, he'll be second to Hawkinson. No, I couldn't agree more. I, and I do Noah give a lot Font of credit. A, I mean, well, that's creation. Well, Mark, the thing is what right now, what the Lions are trying to do is they're trying to create New England East, uh, excuse me, New England West right now. And I understand that. DJ Hawkinson, that's going to be a bullseye for them. I'm really excited to see what what he'll do in Detroit. But man, when I saw Sternberger fall into our lap, 22 years old, 475, and you watch him in the middle of the field, he never stops running. When he's at the middle of the field, he grabs that football and then he just turns on the afterburners and see you later, amigo. And he runs into the end zone. There was just a lot of great plays across the middle. I was almost hoping the Packers took him in the second round. I wouldn't have minded that, but they, they worked out. They knew the, they knew the boards better than better than than I do or you know we do, and um, they gambled and they they won that they they were able to get him in the third round. That's a great third round pick. Well, as we continue down our board here, uh, this is the Pack a Day podcast. I'm Jake Turner of PackersTalk.com. Joining me is Mark Eckel of BobMcGinnFootball.com. 32 years in the business. We're diving into the depth chart of the Packers for our draft class for 2019. Uh, fifth round pick, 150th, Kingsley Kike out of Texas A&M. Watched a bunch of his game film earlier today. Fell in love with him. But I remember there was one game against Arkansas, and it was in Dallas at this point. 
And all I saw nothing was Kike just demolishing this Arkansas team. This also shows, Mark, that the Packers are going after defensive line. I mean, you talked about, you know, hey, we got Tyler Lancaster next year on the depth chart. No, no. Kingsley Kike is going to really fit in nicely. You're going to see him mixed in a lot. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it affects Tyler Lancaster. Lancaster's put a. He, I think it makes it even no. tougher, though. I, I think it just makes the matchups in training oh, yeah. camp even oh, stronger. Have, again, it's, it's it's more depth. We were talking about that, and uh, I think the guy. In, uh, let me first say they got Kiki in the in the fifth round. Uh, most scouts that I read and that, that Bob McGinn quoted in, in his stories, and most things I heard, most people had him as a late third, fourth rounder. Unbelievable. So they got, Good value there, and because and because this draft was so so rich and so deep on the defensive line, a guy like Kiki any other year would have probably been a third round pick. But because there were so many so many just excellent defensive linemen in this draft, a guy like him falls a little bit. And fortunately for the for the Packers, he fell right to them in the fifth round. Uh, yeah, I think he provides. He's not going to start. I mean, it's, it's going to be no, Daniels, he's not going to. Mark, and, and and Lowry. Uh, Lancaster will be your backup nose, you know, on early downs. This guy is going to be battling and probably taking a lot of snaps away from both Montrevious Adams and uh, for, for Dole Brown. Um, I mean, he's going to be, he'll, he'll probably be, like you said, he'll be in the rotation. He'll, he'll get his, he'll probably be out much more on passing down than run downs because that's his strength right, right now. Another guy that can get to the quarterback. This this Packer offseason, this Packer draft is everything. Everything about this Packer offseason was we got to get to the quarterback. We got to get more pressure on the quarterback. These signs of Darius Smith and Preston Smith in free agency. They they draft Rashawn Gary and then Kingsley Kiki. Get to the quarterback. Get to the quarterback. Get to that's and that's how you win any NFL today. You got to get pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, we're going down this line and we're going to be talking nothing but death. But there is in the next three picks. One that I feel like is going to be very interesting to watch, especially in training camp. But let's go down the line here. Sixth round, 185th pick of the NFL Draft, 5'11", 196, out of Toledo, Kadar Holman. Saw some of his game film against Ball State. Liked what I saw. But Mark, we go back to this again. One of the biggest problems underneath Ted Thompson in the last couple of years was the lack of depth at secondary. Kadar Holman just beefed up in the nickel and dime. The guy can really run. I mean, that's yes, he, can. He, he ran a four three four, I think four three five, four three six. And that's another thing that if, if you look at this at this Packer draft, it left, actually the last two Packer drafts under under Brian Guttenkus, it's it's about speed too. They wanted it's, there. There obviously was a a clear intention to imp- improve the team's speed. Every one of these guys the Packers drafted um, can can run. Uh, Gary, like you said, runs. He's a, a you know, a big man that runs like a wide receiver. Um, you know, this guy runs for like, just like um, Savage runs, you know, under sub four fours. That's, that's fast. Uh, very raw. Um, you know, he's, he's a great story too. He was, he's from New, New Jersey, not far from where, where I'm from. And um, he actually had no scholarship offers, was, was working at Dunkin' Donuts. Didn't think he was going to go to school. Wound up going to a, a I think he did. He go to JUCO first, uh, and then yes, he wound he up at, at Toledo well, as a walk-on. Uh, earned a scholarship, um, became a playmaker. I think he believe he had ten interceptions in his career there. Um, 
And at worst, I think he's going to be an excellent gunner on, on special teams with the Packers. And not just Packers. That's really needed. Those, those gunners. He, you know, like, if you remember, the, the Packers had Jeff Jadis a couple of years ago. That was just a great gunner. Um, his time ran, ran out. But yeah, at worst, I think that you'll, you'll see him as, as a rookie. Because let's be honest, he's, he's going to be he's going to be behind on the depth chart. He's going to be behind Alexander and King and Jackson and Williams, at least maybe Tony Brown as well. So he's going to have to make some time up at the cornerback spot. But I think he'll be a, a welcome addition to a brand new look. On the, but let's be honest, Packers special teams needed all the help they could get, and this guy's going to be a, be a big help there. I think this guy is going to be a big help too, and this is another matchup I want to watch in training camp. That's in the running back spot. Uh, out of Notre Dame, Dexter Williams. Now I understand. I I cannot stand it when I look at, when I hear the word undersized. I know he's only five uh, eleven, but I'm going to give you a couple of objects slash vehicles that remind me of Dexter Williams: cement mixer, semi truck, battering ram. I mean, it, the list goes on and on. Dexter Williams is a batter is a human battering ram and i watched him at notre dame and i was blown away here and if i'm jamal williams right now i am in the gym working myself silly here because this is going to be a guy that's going to help on third down you think so i do because jamal williams's numbers have dropped he went from 3.6 uh, 3.8 down to 3.6 yards per carry he had a couple of good games but he's not consistent Dexter Williams well, is a consistent I, I back. Just, I think Jamal Williams is still going to be your third down back. Number one, okay. he's excellent in pass protection. He's a good receiver. I think where That's Dexter true. Williams fits in is I think he'll be Aaron Jones' backup. I think when Jones needs a break, and let's be honest, you can't overwork. At, the one thing Mike McCarthy had right last year okay. was you don't, I don't fans want to give Aaron Jones 30 carries a game. No. If Aaron Jones has shown us anything over his first couple of years, is durability is an issue with him. He's a, when he's healthy and he's, and he's and he's on his game. Listen, he's very good, but he's not the kind of guy that you want to overwork and get 30, 25, 30 carries because he's not going to make it through the season if you do that. He's just not. So keep his carries to fifteen to seventeen, whatever. Give Dexter Williams those other carries and just use Jamal as your third down pass pro dump off out of the backfield guy. My only concern with Dexter Williams, and maybe I'm just being a little old-fashioned here, he's had some off-the-field issues that I'm not crazy about. Yeah, I understand that. Four games, tested positive for, for, for some drugs. I don't know what it was, just, just weed or if it was other stuff, but he's got to clean that up. And it's all, I mean, the Packers can't afford to have guys getting suspended. I mean, that doesn't. That doesn't help you if, if he's on a suspension list. So he's got it. Hopefully he's dead. Hopefully he's, he's matured. Um, and, and, and he'll be a good, you know, off the field as well. Because on the field, yeah, he's a good player. I think he's a, he'll be a very good back in, a, in, a, in, in, in Jamal Williams. But I am a little, just a little concerned about the off the field stuff. I understand the off the field issues. And I was listening to a uh, interview on NFL radio with Zay Farkasi. And they were talking to him about those issues. Uh, the now one thing is is that his mother's health is not the strongest. She's just not, you know, I mean, she's just trying to be the best mom that she can be sure. right now with her health issues, and that was one of the reasons why Dexter was acting out the way he was. I feel like he he cleaned up his act. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but, man, I if this guy gets on the field. He, he's matured. Right, right. You know, 
No, I mean, it's like you. You know, I do my research, you do yours. Oh, we've so. all did, listen, we've all did things when we were younger that we probably wish we hadn't done. Oh, yeah. So, but he still is young. So I'm just hoping now, you know, he's in the NFL. He's um, let's make it, let's get rid of, you know, let's, let's, like I said, if he is the guy, if the off-the-field stuff goes away and he's just the player he was at Notre Dame, Packers got to steal the sixth round. Cause he's a, he's a third, fourth round. If he didn't have any off-the-field stuff, he would never have been there in the sixth round. And finally, you well, yeah, you're right. And finally, yeah. here on the Pack-A-Day podcast, so as we continue to go down the depth chart here on Jake Turner, alongside Mark Eckel. The final pick, uh, round seven, 226 out of TCU, 6'1", linebacker Ty Summers. And Gary Patterson gushes about this kid. What I look at right now is a special teams weapon. This is, a, this is something that has been a problem underneath Ron Zook. This is why we threw him out the door finally. We need guys that can hit. And Ty Summers, I feel like, is going to fit in nicely in the special teams. I agree. And again, like, like I said earlier about um, Holman, the, 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 the corner, who's going to be a gunner on special teams. I think this guy will be a core, at, at first, he'll be a core special team. He's going to be a guy that can run for a linebacker. He's going to four or five. Um, he'll be a factor there. And don't count him out. Maybe not as a rookie. Probably not as a rookie. Like you said, he'll probably just be a special team. In the teacher. future. In the future. But I could see him as soon as next year, as soon as 2020. Lying for some time as an inside linebacker. The Packers are very thin at inside linebacker. Um, this guy's this guy can run. He can. I, I think he'll be a good cover. I, I, it'll, his future is. is let, let me take a pause. Yeah, his take a breath. Take a breath. Will be like you say, excellent special teams player. You know, deep backup. But I think eventually, and that eventually could be as soon as twenty twenty. I think he'll be like a nickel linebacker for you. He won't be out there all the time. But on passing downs, you'll see him out there covering the tight end, covering the back out of the backfield. You can run and cover. That's, that's his strength. Mark, I like it. And, you know, this is one thing I really liked about this year's draft. You know, we were always known underneath Ted Thompson, you know, we would average about 12 to 15 picks and maybe three would work out for us. The Packers only had eight draft picks in this whole draft. And I feel like they really went for substance over style in this one. They didn't, you know put all kinds of picks up all together and everything. They looked at guys and went, okay, we could fit him here, 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 and here. Guys, we need depth. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to draft guys for depth, but we're not going to go high and mighty and you know grab draft pick after draft pick after draft pick. We're going to get the guy that we want, and then we're going to get out. I think Brian Gutekus and Russ Ball did a great job. They were aggressive at the right times. And they really made good moves in this one. I'm pretty impressed with the way Gutekust and Russ Ball have done so far. Don't don't count out Hendricks, the guy that they hired from the Ravens. To oh the yes, yes. He learned from the best. He learned from one of the best in Ozzie Newsom, and I think he brought a lot of that that Baltimore draft style with you know helping Brian out a little bit there as well. Uh, but yeah, I, right. I think I think this, this draft was. We'll see. You really can't tell for a couple of years, but I like what they did. Just, just yes, like yes. Uh, they got eight picks. I think all eight are going to make the team, which is going to, which was a good start, right, right there. Um, and they, like I said, speed was speed was a big big thing, and they went with guys that they got good value. That's really exactly did. what I thought. Yes, uh, like even Sumner's in the seventh round. I took the guys that had like a fifth round rate rate on 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 him. 
you know, Dexter Williams, like we said, take the off. Again, it's hard to ignore the elephant in the, in the room, but I hear you. if he didn't have those suspensions and the, and the, and the positive drug test, he's not there in the sixth round. He's going probably early fourth, if not late third. Um, so, you know, that's, you know, the, um, the only one that wasn't rated where they got him was the corner from to, to, to Toledo Holman. And, and he was a late riser because of, when he ran the four three at the at the at his workout and stuff, so that kind of got opened everybody's eyes. But everybody else, they got later than they probably should have, including Gary, who most people had as a top ten pick. And the season of change continues in Green Bay. I can't wait for minicamp coming up in June, and then we got training camp in July, preseason in August, and I could not think of anybody better to do it with than Mark Echo. Mark, as always, great stuff with you, and I'll see you in a couple weeks. All right, take care, buddy. All right, that was Mark Echo at BobMcGinnFootball.com. If you have not subscribed to it, I highly recommend that you do. Bob McGinn is one of the best writers. And when it comes to Packer football, this is the guy that you need to, to read about and even be inspired by. And then Mark Echo has been part of this for 32 years. He covered the Philadelphia Eagles, and he's just been a, a big part of building my career as well. So I really do mean a lot. But like I said, I love what the Packers really did. It was a substance over style. They went for less picks, more value. And I feel like, just like as Mark said, all eight are going to make the team. And it's going to be interesting. But Packer fans, like I said, last year was going to be interesting. This year, this is going to be change worthy. This actually feels like a new day in Green Bay. I don't know how else to say it. If you put me on freezing cold takes, I take that as a compliment. All right, that's it for uh, Pack-A-Day Podcast. I do have one more thing I'd like to uh, bring out here. Uh, I wanted to say this till the end of the show. Uh, I go to the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting at Full Sail University. I've met Dan Patrick four times. Um, about to actually have him on my podcast here in the next couple weeks. Dan Patrick is going through some health issues right now. Uh, he announced it yes- yesterday on his show. It's nine minutes. If you haven't seen it, uh, take a look. I'm not going to get too much into it, but I'm just going to say my prayers are with uh, Dan Patrick on this. He's going through a lot right now. And if you do get a chance, uh, tweet him at, at DP Show. If you're a fan of the Dan Patrick Show, please uh, put that out there as well. Um, but uh, he's been going through a lot right now, and I'll, I'll tell you this. He has hid this secret beautifully. So I give a lot of credit, and that makes me even happier to be part of the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. So if you're a fan of him, Go to at DP show and uh, please just uh, make sure you send him some prayers. Uh, he's been going through a lot over the last uh, seven years here. So, all right, that's it for our pack a day podcast. You can tweet us at at pack a day podcast, tweet Mark Eckle at Mark Eckle zero eight or yours truly at Jake Turner sport until next time. This has been the pack a day podcast and the three greatest words in the dictionary of the green Bay Packers is go pack go. We'll see you next time on the Pack-A-Day Podcast.
shotgun. Packers showing a blitz, and here they come. Bethard looking, hit as he throws it, deep down the right sidelines, and it is intercepted on the play. Spectacular interception by Kevin King at the nine-yard line of Green Bay. Snap to Rodgers, looking right. Throws the right side, St. Brown makes the Inside the 30 of the 28-yard line. Hunter Bradley the snap. J.K. Scott down on one knee. Arm extended. Here it is. Placement made. Kick is up. It is good. It is good. Mason Crosby delivers the dagger. One week after his worst day ever, he delivers the dagger tonight. Third and five. 13-yard line of Atlanta. Snap. Ryan looks right. Throws right side. Intercepted to the house. Bishop Breland. Single back offense behind Aaron Rodgers, who ducks it under center. From the 29 of Green Bay, and here's the handoff up the middle. Big hole, straight ahead. It is Aaron Jones, off to the races, to the 20, to the 15, to the 10, down the left sidelines, and he's out of bounds. Inside the 10 of the five-yard line of Miami. Aaron Jones with a burst, 67 yards. Third and six, trailing 30 to 23. Two minutes straight up to go in the game. San Francisco showing a blitz through the A-gap, and here they come. Rodgers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Savante Adams! Left corner of the end zone from Aaron Rodgers! 16-yard touchdown pass. The Packers an extra point away from getting this game tied. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.